right, how many are ready for the word today? Not my preaching. How many are ready for the word today? The word of God. Amen. Well, we are in the fourth message uh, of a series called What in the World that was supposed to last two weeks. And uh, we're just continuing on with it. And I've got a sneaky suspicion that it's going to roll us through October, okay? Uh, What in the world? Come on, say it with me. Say, what in the world? What we've been talking about over the past four weeks is what in the world is going on? Or what is going on with the world? And a subtitle for that has been making sense of the mess. How many would agree that our world is a mess right now? How many agree that your world is a mess right now? Come on. Let's just get right there. Something we've said every week is if we want to know what is going on in the world, we need to turn to the Word. Right here. Turn to the Word to figure out what is going on in the world. I think it's easy for us to turn other places, open other periodicals, try to go to website, try to figure out what's going on, when in reality, every answer that we're going to need can be found right here in the Word of God. I truly believe that. I want to uh, pick up where we left off. Uh, In the last few weeks, we have read Matthew 24 and Luke 21. I'm not going to bring up all those scriptures. I want to just reference them as we go. All right? So come on, lean in with me. Get ready to take notes because I really believe there's some revelation today that's going to help us move into more of what God has for us. Jesus' disciples, uh, Matthew 24 and Luke 21, both tell the same story where Jesus' disciples came to him and they said, what's going to be the sign that's going to signal your return and the end of the world? And Jesus listed some things. And I'm going to read them off to you. You tell me if we're seeing these or not right now. Wars and threats of wars. Nation will go to war against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. Earthquakes in many parts of the world. Strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. Like I said, it's, we forget that we had an eclipse, right? Remember how everybody was talking about that? And now because of all these other things that we've seen, the roaring seas and strange tides, there's another hurricane coming right through. Just It's amazing. All the, How many can you have in one season? And then this last one that we saw last week happened in Las Vegas, terrifying things. Just terrible, terrifying things. And Jesus said, when you see these things, and now I want you to bring up on the screen Matthew 24 and 8, but all of this is only the first of birth pains with many more to come. Everybody say birth pains. We read last week that that word, those, that phrase birth pains is also found in Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 and 19 For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to this present time. So Jesus says, when you see these things, it's birth pains. And Paul says, the earth has been groaning as in... Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. 
Here we go. Let's try it again. And Paul says the earth has been groaning as in birth pains. Why? Why has the earth been groaning in birth pains? I want to look back at verse 20. For creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope. Everybody say, in hope. There is a hope for the frustration that we're in. I want you to write this down. I said it last week, but I want to reiterate it. Frustration has a purpose. Frustration has a purpose. If God, the Bible says that the creation was subjected to frustration. How many have ever been subjected to frustration? Yeah, you have been? How many like frustration? No, man. We want everything honky-dory, right? Just rolling down the road, free and pedal to the metal, just kicking it. No, there are times that we're subjected to frustration but there is a hope for that frustration. So here's how you make it through your frustrating times. Know that there's a hope for it. Now, y'all have to help me out more than that. It's Pastor Appreciation Month. Do y'all know that? Y'all, do y'all know that? Just want to let you know, Pastor Appreciation Month. I love that we get a month, like mothers get a day, and pastors get a whole honking month. No gifts. No, I mean, no little gifts, okay? No little gifts. Just Pro V1s will work, all right? Just some Pro V1s. Awesome. You can Google that later on, okay? What that means. So help me out. Pastor Appreciation Month. Come on, give me an amen. Help me out. I want you to get this today. I really want you to breathe this in with me. So it was subjected to frustration and hope. And hope to what? Here we go. That the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the and the of the children of God. Why is creation groaning? For the revelation of the children of God. The revelation of the children of God. I mean, we just read that. That word revelation means fully revealed or un covered. The earth groans because the earth wants us to be fully revealed as the children of God. How many of you think that we're fully revealed as the children of God right now? What do you think the world is seeing of us right now? We may not want to ask that question. What part of your body do you think the world is seeing of you right now? I can tell you what they're seeing of some of us, is that right? God does not want to just reveal a face to the world. He doesn't want to just reveal, here's the face of what my children would look like. He wants to reveal the hands. He wants to reveal the heart. He wants us to be fully revealed. That's what happens. You think about what just happened with the hurricanes that hit in Houston. I have the, I have the headline. I don't know if they have it for the screens or not, but it's a headline that says, Christians are outdoing FEMA. Huge headline. The churches are outserving FEMA. That's amazing. So when something like a tragedy like this happens, the, the shooting in, in, in Las Vegas, 
where there was a, a church in Las Vegas that hosted a service that night and just opened it up to the public, packed out. They had 185,000 people that watched that service online. When these things happen, that's the time for the church to be more revealed, not to be concealed, not to hide, not to shrink back, but to be more revealed. Tara, I don't think it's by chance that Gary's there this week. I don't think it's by chance that, that Gary is, 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 it has a whole uh, a residence there this time. When I, when I talked to him this week, he said, we're just going to go show some light. We're going to show some love. That's a time for us to stand up and be stronger and bolder than we've ever been before. Can I hear an amen from this section right here? Amen. That was a good amen. Love it. So frustration has a purpose. What is the purpose for us to be revealed? Now here's what I want to really dive in today. Verse 21. The creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Everybody say freedom and glory. I want you to write this down. The, The children of God are supposed to be living in freedom and glory. The reason the world groans is because it wants to burst forth and be free like us. When I read this, I suddenly see the bar that has been set for our life in Christ. Freedom and glory. The New King James says, the glorious liberty of the children of God. The New Living Translation says, the glorious freedom. Everybody say glorious freedom. Glorious. Say glorious liberty. Glorious. Now, we're not a highly produced church. We don't have a lot of lights and stuff, all this kind of stuff, you know. I've been to some of those churches, but that's not what we have right now. But I wish we could just have it for right now when I'm about to say what I'm about to say. And when I say it, all of a sudden confetti just go, just pyrotechnic, boom, and glitter for those of you that like glitter. I'd love to smoke everywhere when I say We as believers and children of God are supposed to be walking in glorious liberty. How many saw the confetti when I said that just then? Not just, He set me free, oh, He set me free. He broke me. Not, I'm free. Thank God. Glorious freedom. Liberty. That word liberty and the word liberty and freedom from the original text means unrestrained. No restraints. Complete and total freedom. Not just getting a hand free. I got a hand free. Right? Not just getting a foot free. Oh, I got a foot free. Come on. Somebody give me a foot. I got a foot free. I'm going to write a book about my foot being set free. Come on, can I get free? How many of you know that sometimes we celebrate the freedom of one area of our life and we tolerate bondage in another area of our life? 
Because we're so excited about this being set free and that becomes, that's how we make it through our whole journey. Just this foot is completely free, but we're just dragging stuff everywhere else. That is not the life that Jesus Christ bled and died for. He bled, died, was mutilated like an animal, hung naked upon a tree so much that you could not even look at him, not just to get you out of hell and into heaven, but so you could make the journey in glorious freedom. Y'all going to make me work today, I can tell. Good Lord, come on, glorious freedom. Look at your neighbor and say, glorious freedom. Not just in one area, in every area of your life. Every area. Look what Hebrews says, Hebrews 12 and 1. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Not just being free from some stuff being completely free in every area of our life. Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus matured in all four areas of life, uh, spiritually, physically, uh, socially, and intellectually. He grew in all those areas. That God wants you completely free in all those areas as well. Not just free spiritually, but free in your relationships, free in your finances, He wants you healthy. That's what he wants us doing. That kind of freedom in every area. And I think sometimes, sometimes we can talk about, when we talk about freedom, we can automatically just assume that means addictions. Right? Well, thank God I'm, 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 I'm free from that. Our lifestyles, when we can also be bound by bitterness and worry, and fear, and jealousy. He doesn't just want us free from the big stuff. He wants us free from all the stuff. Because we got a race to run, baby. And it ain't time to have the weights on when you're running the race. It's not training time. It's running time. So lay it aside. Let me just stop right now. And some of this I didn't deal with at the 9 o'clock because I feel the Holy Spirit leaning in right now. Some of you are dealing with some things in your life and it's taken, uh, it's got a foothold in you, uh, on you and you don't believe that it's a sin. And so because it's not a sin, you keep dealing with it and doing it, but it's still a weight. And you look at someone else, you say, well, they can do it and it's okay. But that doesn't mean you can do it. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. If there's something in your life that's a weight, get rid of it. Because you're never going to walk in glorious freedom if you've got weights on you. Can I hear an amen from this section over here? Y'all actually amen louder than them. See, it's working. Y'all, need, <clears throat> y'all get some lozenges. It'll be all right. Glorious freedom. And not just being free from things, living a life of liberty. A life of liberty and freedom. Where everywhere you go, there's just, it's, it's free. How many would love that kind of life? Do you know that's what he wants for you? This is why the enemy attacks and accuses. Because the enemy does not want you living that kind of lifestyle. The enemy's job is to keep you to be a slave. 
a slave of fear, and a slave of worry. Look what Jesus says in John 8 and 35. Look at this on the screen. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of the family forever. What that means is, if you have a slave mentality, you're never going to feel like you deserve anything. You're never going to feel like you fit in. I'm looking at some of you right now that when you come to church and when you're around other believers and they start talking about the blessings of God on their life and the freedom they're walking in and the revelation, there's a part of you that goes, yeah, but that's just not me. I I just don't quite. That's why, because your mindset is a slave mindset. God wants to change that mindset where you don't have to work to earn it. You're not a slave. You're a son. And if you're a son, you're a permanent member of the family. That explains why the prodigal came home and he said, I just want to be your servant. And the daddy said, what are you talking about? Get in the house. Your family. That'll mess with your theology a little bit, won't it? I, if I'm a son, then I'm a son. That doesn't mean I don't get disappointed in the boys when they don't take the trash out and I had to take it out this morning before I came and preached on Pastor Appreciation Month, you know? <laughs> ah, the benefits of being a preacher's kid, right there. <clears throat> can I hear an amen, Ron Smith and Michelle Smith? Uh, to Ron, you're Nazarene, you're an amen. Michelle, can I get an Amen. <laughs> But I'm not going to go home and kick the kids out. When we go eat dinner today, guess I'm going to buy their meal. I'm going to love being with them. Right? Because they're my sons. And it's not just trash. They can just, whatever they do, they're my boys. They're always going to be my boys. Get that mindset in your head. You're not a slave. If you mess up, he doesn't kick you to slave quarters. You're a child of God. Now here's why that's important. Everybody say, I'm not a slave. I'm a child. Here's why that's important. Verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. One translation says, if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. That word truly free means undeniably. Let me ask you a question. Is your freedom undeniable? When people look at you, do they say, man, look at the freedom on that cat. (laughs) Or do they have to look for it? Do they have to search for it? Oh, man, here's what God wants. God wants his children so convinced of our sonship and daughtership that when we walk in a room, freedom just follows us right here. We just walk in and people are like, man, what kind of, what, what is wrong with you? How are you so carefree? And how, why does it worry and fear and stress not attack you? Because I know that I'm a child of God. And if I'm his child, I'm not a slave. He set me free and I'm truly free. And it's undeniable. And this is what our Father wants for us. I want my boys to be completely free. I don't want my boys to be in debt. I don't want my boys to have addictions. I don't want my boys to have had depression or anxiety. I want those boys to be completely free. How many of you want that for your children? 
The rest of y'all just going, oh, Lord, over. how many want that for your children? I want my babies to be free. How much more does your heavenly Father want you walking in freedom? Let me tell you why. I'd like to know why. I don't really care. I'm going to tell you anyway. Here's why. Because we're most like our Father when we're free. Now, I know you think you're most like your Father when you're holy. Because that's what we've been taught, right? We're most like our Father when we don't sin. No, you're most like your Father when you're free. Because at the essence of God, that's what He is. Every attribute of God comes back to freedom. Watch this. Omnipresent, free from space. Omnipotent, He knows everything. What's that? that no, that's omniscient. Omniscient, He knows it. I didn't know that. See, I'm not like omniscient. Knows everything. What's that? That's freedom from ignorance. Omnipotent. Freedom from weakness. Eternal. Freedom from time. Holy. Freedom from sin. At the essence of God, He is free. And so when you and I begin to walk in freedom, we're more like Him than we've ever been before. Look at me. I want to tell somebody right now. Be free. Just be free. How do I be free? Be the you that Jesus Christ created you to be. Be free. So let me ask you this question. The earth has, the earth sees how we're supposed to be, right? The earth groans because the earth looks at us and goes, man, y'all supposed to be living in glorious freedom. And they groan for that. Now I want to ask you this question. How many of you feel like you're living to the level of liberty that Jesus Christ died for you to live in? Do you feel like you're living at the level of liberty that Jesus Christ died for you to live in? How many would say, I'm not living at the level of liberty that Jesus Christ died for me to live in? But I'd like to know how. Would you like to know how? All right. In the next seven and a half minutes I'm going to tell you how are you ready now look I'm going to tell you right now this ain't going to be like some oh my goodness what a revelation it's not like I'm going to mine for this big nugget of gold and go here take this home with you it's, matter of fact it's going to be so simple that you're probably going to say nah it's got to be harder than that You know why we like it harder than that? Because that means that we can't do it. That's why we create these big theological discussions and arguments and are you predestined and are you free will and is it post-trib and mid-trib and pre-trib and what is it? We create all this stuff. Why? So we can go, I don't know if anybody can ever attain for all of that out there. And God just says, let me just tell you all this. And here's what he says right here. How do I walk in freedom? Two things. Number one, John 8, 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. One more freedom in your life, get more truth in your life. Well, I don't even know, I don't even, what is truth? Here's how, you, here's how you get more truth in your life. Start a relationship with God. If you have one, deepen it. Start right there. I'm looking at some of you that are looking for truth everywhere, but right there. You got so many questions, but you're not even asking the one that has all the answers. Start right there. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. His word is 
Come on. At least let me get 35% of you. His word is truth. truth. It's true. Read it. It's true. Get that in your life. The Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is there to lead us into all. So you want truth in your life? Have a relationship with God. We talked to the youth on Wednesday night about putting him first. Making him first. Putting him up front. It's amazing to me the people that go looking everywhere else but right where it all should start, and that's relationship with God. So number one, start a relationship with God. Secondly, how do I get more truth in my life? Be honest. There's nothing more binding than a lie. Because once you tell it, you're bound to it, right? And, you, and it reproduces itself. You just keep on telling lies. The Bible says Satan is the father of of lies and so when you lie that's when you're more like him when you tell the truth that's when you're more like God truth brings freedom lies bring bondage and we all lie how many of you lie sometimes the rest of you are lying right now (laughs) we all lie why do we lie we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings we don't want to look bad Here's the problem with lying is you become a mini creator. That's what God does. He creates things out of nothing. And that's what a lie is. You, you create this something that was never there in the first place. And that's why God can't stand it. And he puts it right up there with murder. Why do we think we just go out? With, nobody would just go out. You think that's wrong, right? But yet lies are oh, just a little. Let God convict us of that today. Start a relationship with God. Be honest. Here's another one. Be real. Just be authentic. Man, we, just, we got too many Christians that are just not real. They're not authentic. And the world sees right through that, right? And so does God. So be authentic. First of all, be authentic to God. Look at what it says in 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. It's amazing to me. We walk around with unconfessed sins. Let me let you in on a little secret. He already knows. How many parents have, you know your kid did it, right? And all you want them to do is just say, I did it. Just tell me what you did. You might get in a little trouble if you tell me the truth. You won't get in a lot of trouble if I find out you didn't tell me the truth. He just wants us to confess to him. And he said, if you confess to me, I'm going to lightning bolt you. No, he doesn't say that, right? Just see if you're living, you're listening. He said, you confess. He said, I'm faithful and I'm just to forgive you and cleanse you and purify you of all unrighteousness. So confess your sins to him. It's not going to scare him. I promise you, he's seen worse. Next, I would, I would encourage you to confess to fellow believers. James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Our dear friend, Pastor Chris Hodges, says it like this. He says, you confess your sins to God and He forgives us. Confess your sins to another believer and you're healed. There's a lot of people walking around forgiven but not healed. 
Do you have enough believers in your life that you can confess to them your faults and say, man, I I struggle with this. I'm walking through this. If you don't, then you're not a healed person and you're never going to walk in wholeness. I want to encourage you. That's why we tell you, be a part of a gathering. Be a part of a serve team. That's because that's where you get around. I walked down the hall today, and I saw some guys that are in a gathering together, serving together, just sharing, man, this is what I'm walking through. It's a tough thing. I'm like, yeah, baby, that's when healing happens. That's when freedom begins to happen. But you got to have some fellow believers. Don't just roll up to somebody in Starbucks and start confessing. Hey, I want to tell you what I did last week. There's no healing in that. That's how you get maced, okay? You get tased. (laughs) So you got to be around believers. If you're not in each other's lives and world, you're not going to walk in the abundance and freedom that God has for you. Get connected with other believers. Don't let the enemy bring division and isolation. Amen? Amen. Notice, bring 832, John 832 back up. Notice this. John 8.32 says this. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall... Say it. Shall set set you free. Make you free. Big honking difference. There's a reason that people that have been incarcerated after they're released find themselves back in incarceration many times. Why? They've been set free but not made free. You begin to know the truth, and the truth makes you free. Doesn't just get a foot free. Makes you, creates you, where you're not a slave anymore, but you're a child of God. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He wants to make you free. So how do I walk in freedom? One, the truth. Get some truth in your life. And secondly, 2 Corinthians 3.17, for where the Spirit, where the, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You need more Holy Spirit in your life. If you've got bondage, you need more Spirit. This is where I lose some of you. Because you're like, I'm okay with the truth part. You start talking about that Spirit stuff, man. That kind of makes me weirded out. And that's why you have bondage in your life. Because you're afraid of the very one that wants to set you free. I'm looking at some of you that were raised that any type of demonstration of the Spirit was of the devil. Right? And because of that, it's hard for you. Like, you don't even like the word Holy Spirit much less Holy Ghost, you know. That, that freaks you out. Then there's others that are here today that you were around all of that so much and you saw a lot of wackiness and craziness and misuse of it that your pendulum swung way over here. I don't want nothing to do with that. That stuff is wacko. Let me just tell you something. We're a church that believes in the move of the Spirit, but we ain't going to have no crazy, okay? You're in a safe place here, all right? Does the Holy Spirit do things that at times you're like, whoa, man, what is going on? Yes, it does, but it will always line up with the Word of God. Can I get an amen from everybody? Amen? I had some folks leave the 9 o'clock service. They didn't like me preaching that way. They got up and walked out. Didn't like it. God bless you all. 
And there are always going to be times in our church, because we are a church that's a junction. We're trying to pull these two worlds together. You got Presbyterians and Pentecostals and Catholics and Charismatics and y'all sitting together and worshiping together. And that means there's always going to be a little bit uncomfortable every once in a while. You know, like, oh, I don't, oh, yeah. I want more. I don't want any more. Like, it's this whole thing, right? Get, 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 get comfortable with being slightly uncomfortable. And let God begin to stretch you and let the Spirit of God move you into more truth. Back to Romans 8. Romans 8 and 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, remember we're talking about getting more freedom in our life, right? How do we do it? Truth and Spirit. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. There's that slave and son thing again. On October 29th, I'm going to be preaching about the fact that the result of slavery is fear and fear always leads to slavery. But that's for October 29th, okay? If you have the Spirit of God working in your life, He does not just make you free. He makes you a son and a daughter. Look at me. He does not just set you free. He makes you free. But He doesn't just make you free. He makes you a son and a daughter. So pray for more Holy Spirit in your life. Because wherever He is, there is freedom. What does He want you walking in? How much freedom? Remember confetti? Say it with me, glorious freedom, glorious freedom, outstanding, unrestrained freedom. How do I get it? Truth, spirit. And you would think Jesus knew what he was talking about. Check this out, John 4 and 23. But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And the Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. For God is the Spirit, so those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for those kind of people. He's looking for people that are looking for more truth and they're asking for more spirit. And when He sees them, He recognizes them because they're His children. And the more He's in your life, the more freedom He brings. And the more freedom He brings, the more abundance you walk in. Come on, how many receive this word this morning? Receive it today. All right, let me pray over you. Just close your eyes right now in Jesus' name.